The ESPN New York app is here. Stream all your favorite 98.7 shows and live games. Download it now. WEPN-FM New York. From the ESPN studios at Pier 17 in the Seaport District of New York City, this is Greeny with Mike Greenberg on ESPN Radio. You can also listen and watch the show on the ESPN app. Good Thursday morning to one and all. 20th day of October 2022. Dan Grassa in for Greeny right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll take you for the next couple of hours right up until noon. Barton Hahn will slide on in at that time. Anthony Pusick, Ray Dinahan, they're along for the ride. My buddies, my pals. And you can get me on Twitter, as always, at Dan Grassa, G-R-A-C-A. What a nightmarish, nightmarish trip in this morning. Almost three hours, door to door. Anthony's telling me about some activity at a local CVS nearby, which thankfully I didn't have to encounter, but that would have just been the cherry on top for what was a very eventful drive-in. I probably about had as much luck trying to get into the city this morning as the Yankees did trying to manufacture anything offensively last night down in Houston, or the Nets actually getting a stop on the defensive end in their game. We're not going to pick on the Knicks. You know what? Even though they lost, they had a good showing, all things considered, against one of the best teams in the NBA last year. But we'll get to all those things and then some. We'll sprinkle in a little football over the next couple of hours. And don't forget, be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 800-919-ESPN. That's 800-919-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. So... You go into this game last night with the Yankees and the Astros, and I and I understand, look, yeah, you're a step away from the World Series. You did what you had to do in vanquishing Cleveland, even though it took you five games and about 15 rainouts in between. But you got there. You got the job done. Wasn't pretty. Wasn't flashy. But you at least got to this point. And, you know, I didn't look at the Yankees this year as any sort of legitimate, viable World Series contender. I just didn't. And I thought at the very least, you had to at least win a round. You know, you couldn't go out to the youngest team in baseball, team with one of the lowest payrolls in baseball in the Cleveland Guardians, and say that, oh yeah, that was a successful season. But they beat them. And now when you get matched up against this Houston Astros team that is clearly, clearly head and shoulders above most of the teams in baseball, including the Yankees, and right now, probably the team to beat when you're talking about winning the top prize. When you go into this game last night with no off day, right? I mean, 24 hours before last night's game, the Yankees were still playing for their lives, trying to get by Cleveland, right? Trying to make sure that they would indeed avert disaster and they wouldn't get sent home early. So it was a tough assignment going into that game last night when you end the previous round the day before. All right, I'll, I'll give you that. I'm not going to sit there and pass it over because, I mean, in the regular season, yeah, you could go from one series to the next without skipping any beat, but this ain't supposed to be the regular season, right? I mean, it's the playoffs. Usually you get that buffer, that one day in between when you're starting the most important series of your season. And each and every game that you're going to play from here on out becomes the most important game of your season. And you knew going into this thing that if you want to shock the world, and if you want to beat the Astros, you've got to get one in Houston. I mean, it's simple math, right? They got the home field advantage. You have to get at least one there. All right. Maybe you had an opportunity last night, right? I mean, it's not like the Astros just ran away with that game. 
but you did not seize the opportunity. And now you got three more tries. Somehow, some way, you got to make it happen. If the Yankees want to go to the World Series, you got to get a game in Houston. And oh, by the way, that also implies that you're going to hold serve at home and win your three games in Yankee Stadium, which I think is the furthest thing from a guarantee. And they had chances. And as we know, the home run ball proved pivotal in this game last night, really for both teams, to be quite honest with you. And it was the funniest thing, too. Like, I I mentioned at the beginning how it was just an awful commute in this morning. Like, the the drive was, like, awful. Believe it or not, while I was in the car this morning, because it was almost three hours, while I was in the car this morning, do you know the Yankees struck out four more times? Believe it or not. True story. So what is that? If you add it on to last night, that's 21. Blackjack? 17 strikeouts? Really? I mean, Little League teams would go up there and make better contact. You had 27 at-bats in that game last night. 17 guys struck out? 17! Well, there's 27 outs, I should say. There were more than 27 at-bats. But out of the 27 outs, 17 were strikeouts. 33 at-bats. So that's technically more than half. Couldn't even make contact at the plate. And look, I was curious to see how Verlander was going to fare last night. And I actually thought that this was maybe an opportunity for the Yankees because, remember, Verlander in the first game against Seattle in the last round, on seven days rest, he got absolutely shelled. So maybe you think the older you are, normally you think the more rest you get, it will be better for you, but that wasn't necessarily the case for Verlander. Because he hadn't pitched in a week, and Seattle went out there and lit him up like a Christmas tree. Last night, he hadn't pitched in eight days before last night's game, but no such luck. No such luck. And you know what? He was shaky early in that game last night, too. But then he settled in. Retired the last 11 hitters, nine of them via the strikeout. And you know what they say about the good pitchers, the great pitchers, rather? You get them early. You got to get them early. Because if you don't, they're going to get stronger. As the game goes on, and that's exactly what happened with Verlander last night. Unless you're Max Scherzer, of course, then you just keep giving up runs in the biggest game of the year when you're pushing 40 years old. But we'll leave him alone. $43 million. 1-1 game last night in the sixth inning. It's a winnable game. Winnable game. And right there is where I think the worm turned a little bit, to be quite honest with you. Because Boone's decision to stick with Clark Schmidt, and I know, look, hindsight is twenty twenty. I get it, Right? Now it looks foolish because, hey, after all, gave up a couple of long balls. But think about what happened there in the fifth inning, right? Induces that double play. I think it was to Kyle Tucker to end the inning and to get out. He was all fired up, you know, pumping his fist. You know, the old saying, maybe quit while you're ahead a little bit. Because it's not like we're talking about the second coming of Mariano Rivera with Clark Schmidt coming out of the bullpen, to say the least. And let's not forget, the last time we saw Clark Schmidt over the weekend in Cleveland, he set fire to the game. Literally. From the pitcher's mound. He set fire to that baseball game. So Boone is feeling good. Boone obviously knows that he's got a couple of guys that, you know, he can't use in that situation last night because they got taxed pretty good in that Cleveland series and even the day before. So he wanted to stay away from a couple of these pitchers. That was apparent. And even a couple of players, too. So he trots Schmidt out there for the sixth inning to go after the bottom of the order, no less. You know, he figures, you know, the percentages are in my favor. I got a pitcher who's got some confidence. He got me out of a jam in the fifth inning. Now I'm going to send him out there against supposedly the inferior part of the Astros batting order. But that didn't happen. He got burned. Not once, but twice. Guriel got him. 
And then Chaz McCormick got him. And at that point, at three to one, you kind of had the idea that, you know what? Given the way the Yankees were swinging the bats, probably wasn't going to be their night. That was pretty much all she wrote. And then, to make matters worse, you talk about setting fire to a game. It was like the Price is Right. You know the Price is Right, like when they call the person's name and then they come running down out of the audience and they play the music and they're all waving their hands. Dun, 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 dun. That's what Boone was doing with the bullpen, it seemed like. Because then in the seventh inning, you know, who's our next pitcher? Who's our next contestant? He is Frankie Montas. Dun, 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 dun. We haven't seen Frankie Montas in, what, two months? Close to it? So how about we put this guy into the game? You know, he's got a chance to win a washing machine or something like that. Biggest game of the year. We don't know if he's going to be good. We don't know if he's going to be bad. But you know what? Let's let him work the rust off now. Because after all, it's game one of the American League Championship Series. We know we got to get a game in Houston. Let's put in a guy who we don't know what the hell we're going to get out of him. Because after all, he is a starting pitcher, too, coming in and at relief, which always bodes well in those situations. And oh, by the way... It's not like Frankie Montas was any good before he got hurt as a Yankee, right? Jeremy Pena belts the insurance home run, and then that's really all she wrote. Jeremy Pena's good, by the way. He's good. You know, there were a lot of fans going into this series because they don't get a chance to watch the Astros regularly. They just look at the lineup and they look at the roster and they say, oh, well, you know what? Correa's not here. Springer's not here. Guys that beat you in the past. But you know what? Other guys have kind of filled in and filled in pretty capably, like Jeremy Pena. Since the last time the Yankees played the Astros in one of these big spots, you know, Kyle Tucker has evolved as a player and become one hell of a baseball player, as a matter of fact, too. But again, you go back to hindsight. Really? Frankie Montas in that spot? That's the guy you want in that situation to keep the lead or to keep the deficit at bay? Frankie Montas. There you go. Give me that. Give me that. Here he comes. He just spent two months on the injured list with a shoulder injury. Say hi to Frankie Montas. You know, Astro fans were cheering. Hey, Frankie, how are you? Good to see you, man. Yeah, exactly. That's what you got. Boone's playing the prices right last night. He's playing the damn prices right. I was waiting for Drew Carey to walk out there with a the little tiny microphone. And give the speech about helping control the pep population. Yankees offense population got controlled last night. We know that. Aside from maybe Harrison Bader and Anthony Rizzo, that's the only way the Yankees can score runs is if they hit the ball out of the ballpark. You know what the problem is, though? Astros get the ball out of the ballpark, too. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. You know, is Frankie Montas, seriously, is Frankie Montas in that game last night? If the Yankees don't have a game the day before. In the Bronx. Right? Whatever happened to, like, all hands on deck? You know, I don't think the Yankees have the luxury in these situations to kind of, like, you know, lose the battle to win the war type of analogy, if you want to use that. They're not as good as the Astros. And it's virtually an impossible task for them to win in that ballpark, something they are going to have to do if they want to go to the World Series. And last night was a gettable game. It was a gettable game in the sixth inning. And then head-scratching decisions, now you're down 0-1.
and who knows where this thing is going. Maybe that was your best chance. I mean, we can look back on this, and that could have been the Yankees' best chance when it was all said and done to steal a game in Houston. But more head scratchers with the lineup. With the We haven't even gotten to the lineup. We haven't even talked about that yet. I mean, the bullpen alone would give you agita if you're a Yankee fan. You know, we got to dive into, we, we got to pop the computer open and we got to check the database and we got to get into the analytics and all the decisions about how that lineup was constructed last night, right? Hey, I read somewhere the computer found out that Matt Carpenter had good numbers during the season when he played. And he was one of the Yankees' real big players. Yeah, but he's another guy. He hadn't played in two months. Does the computer know that? You know, when you sit there at the desk and you type in all these names, Matt Carpenter, and you put all this stuff in there and they spit the lineup out at 4.30 in the afternoon, does the computer know that Matt Carpenter hasn't played really in two months? But no, we think he'll be a good matchup for this one. Let's get him in there. Matt Carpenter's got six at-bats here in the month of October. He struck out all six times. The computer recognized that? Because you know what? A third grader could tell you maybe that's not a guy we should give so many at-bats to. He might not be the same player after that long layoff. This looks like St. Louis Cardinals of last year, Matt Carpenter, the guy that nobody wanted at the end of the season and into the winter. Yankees fall. Game one of the ALCS to the Astros by a score of 4-2. to two. Look, is the series over? Absolutely not. Of course it isn't. Because you know what? You still have an opportunity later tonight to go out there and do what you went to Houston to do, to get one of these games. And you have faith that Luis Severino is going to be a guy that is going to be able to pitch a good ball game for you. And remember, if you go back to his start against Cleveland in the first round, got out of the gate a little bit slow, was struggling a little bit. Maybe it didn't even look like he was going to be long for that game. But he settled down and he ended up, I think, generally speaking, giving you a good performance. So you take that. I think that you would sign up for that Luis Severino outing again today. If that's what you get against the Houston Astros. I really don't think that that would be an issue. But they have bigger fish to fry right now. And that is this lineup. And I'm really curious to see what Aaron Boone is going to trot out there. Now, look, it's going to be a little bit different because today you got the left-hander going in Framber Valdez, who's very, very good. Okay, Framber Valdez is probably going to finish somewhere in the top five in the American League Cy Young Award voting. He's had a very, very good season, throws a heavy ball. Um, It's tough to get any lift on when he gets that thing low in the zone. But there are certain guys that can't be in this lineup, really. You know, if you're going to run Josh Donaldson and Matt Carpenter as your 5-6 hitters, and I know Carpenter's not going to be in the lineup today because lefty-lefty, he's not going to be in there. But Donaldson's given them absolutely nothing. Nothing. But those two guys, you know, striking out seven times between them. And they weren't the only guilty parties because basically if you had a Yankee uniform on last night, you struck out for the most part. But I'm really curious to see how he approaches the left side of the infield. Like, which one of these guys is going to sit? IKF going to sit? Donaldson going to sit tonight? Because probably you're looking at Cabrera manning one of these spots on the left side. Has a little bit of life, a little bit of juice. Give to this group here a little bit. But I mean, you know, we, we go back in hindsight now. And I think it's fair to evaluate the trade and judge the trade. I mean, what an awful move. Awful. When you think about Josh Donaldson and all that money that you took on this year, and if that's the only obligation that they have to keep playing this guy, I mean, because he's giving you absolutely nothing offensively. Nothing. Gets a hold of one occasionally. Okay, great. But in big spots like this, what has he done for you? What has he done? 
I know that IKF, you know, that 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 analytically driven defensive wizard, if, if they gave out gold gloves for analytics and metrics and all those things, I guess IKF would have like a whole trophy case full of them, right? But not when I'm watching the game with my eyes, and probably you are too. And he thought that, you know, Jamison Tyone, I'll tell you, I wasn't very confident going into that game last night with him, but he wasn't all that bad. Pitched into the fifth inning. You know, kept them in the... He did not sacrifice the Yankees' chances of winning this game. He kept them in it long enough to where the bats you would hope would eventually get hot and get going a little bit, but that wasn't the case. And it wasn't to be. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's start it off with Anthony in the mail truck. He is first up here on 98.7 ESPN. Anthony, how are you? Dan, how we doing, brother? Anthony, things are good, bro. What's up? Um, nothing much. I feel like in the first segment you were talking to me a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, with the with the whole Pena and the Springer. And, you know, I just, listen, Donaldson got me so mad when Maldonado bunted and he's smiling and laughing after after being down two runs. What what are you happy about? You know, and he got Justin Verlander going when Verlander made him look stupid on the curveball when he struck out with two on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it, it's it's awful. You know, and and one that happened a lot last night too, there. Anthony. That happened a lot. Right, and and Carpenter's uh, striking out twice with two men on. That just can't happen, man. It really can't. But one one thing I got for you. Yeah. If I told you before last night's game, Bregman, Tucker, Alvarez, and Altuve would go 0 for 12, do you think the Yankees would have a chance? You let the bottom of the half of the Astros lineup beat you. Chad McCormick and Martin Maldonado. Well, That's he, what I'll leave you with, Dan. Anthony, good stuff. Here, right. Here's the thing about that. Baseball's a funny game because think about what spelled doom for the Mets in their series. Not to keep bringing them up, but remember, it was the bottom of the San Diego water that was killing them. Trent Grisham, Austin Nola, and, and Nola's still doing it, by the way, for the Padres, which is incredible, right? Altuve, here's the thing about Altuve. He's 0 for the playoffs. Not only was he 0 for 3 last night, he's 0 for the playoffs. He hasn't gotten a hit the entire month of October. But eventually, you know that he could strike at any time. I mean, how many big hits has Altuve gotten against the Yankees in the postseason over the years? So you can't discount that. But this offense is as good as anybody's in baseball. And it has been all season. There's so many different ways to beat you. And you know what? How about a guy like Martin Maldonado? With that big RBI double last night. And meantime, you got Jose Trevino. Um, is he going to put the bat on the ball one of these days? Maybe get a hit? That's why. Is he even a short thing to be in this lineup tonight? To catch Luis Severino? That might be a Kyle Higashioka situation, if you're asking me. Simon is in New Haven. He's up next year on 98.7. What's up, Simon? I just wanted to say you were 100% right about Josh Donaldson. I mean, uh, we got rid of our best hitter, Gio Urshela, for this schmuck. We got gypped. We got G-I-P-E-D, gypped. I'm telling you. Cashman does not know how to buy players. We should have never got rid of Urshela. Never. Well, Judge is your best hitter, right? I mean, Simon, let's be real. God, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, I mean, we, we, we're getting no production. And Kaina Falefa, I mean, the guy only has like four home runs. You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of a kid bringing home a, a, a bad report card and not even trying to do better. That's what Kaina Falefa reminds me of. I mean, come on, have some production, you know. 
And Don, we got to get rid of Donaldson. The guy, we got gypped. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, Simon, thanks for the phone call. I, I mean, and by the way, can we confirm the correct spelling of gyp, by the way? I don't know if that's accurate. It doesn't sound like it's a complicated word, but I don't think that's one that's in the spelling bee either. I think we've already spent too much time on that phone call. You think so? Was it a good trade? No. It really wasn't. Yankees wanted to get rid of Gary Sanchez. They knew it was never going to work out here, and it's not like he set the world on fire in Minnesota. Gio Urshela, you know, quality player, good glove, all those things. Made a hell of a lot less money than Josh Donaldson did. Doesn't have an MVP trophy like Josh Donaldson did, but you know what? He wasn't also as well-traveled as Josh Donaldson has been over the last handful of years. Yankees got with Josh Donaldson probably what, you know what? The track record says you're getting with Josh Donaldson. An imperfect player. Guy who can flash every once in a while, but he hasn't flashed enough for the Yankees' liking. And that's why they're in this predicament right now. Neil is in the Bronx. He is up next here on 9870 ESPN. Neil, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. I just want to say a few things, and then I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Um, I mean, I, there's a couple of calls that have been a little hard on the Yankees. And, 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 and I have to be honest, you guys are also. I mean, Tyone, he did his thing. He he, he held it down. He, he was going... And for any with Verlander, which is, is pretty hard to do. And I only have one thing. Schmidt, all right, he should not have gotten out for that extra inning. That was the only mistake I see that Boone did. And really, it was the offense that let, that let the, you know, game one down. But it was a good game. I mean, it, it, it couldn't be. It's not as bad as the way you guys are saying it. Well, here's the thing, though, Neil. I'll ask you the question, right? All right. Do you think that the Yankees put their best arms out there in that game last night, in the situations that called for it. All right, when Smith went out for the extra inning, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a bad idea. Clearly. I would have, I personally, I would have gone with my big guys to steal that first game, which I probably would have gone with Loisaga, that's for sure. Absolutely. Like you said, now look, with Clark Schmidt, and I understand that it's hindsight, right? Because he ended up imploding. Right. But right. as I said earlier... With Clark Schmidt, given his recent track record, you almost want to quit while you're ahead. And the fact that he was able to get out of that fifth inning, get the big double play, escape damage, you know what? I would have said, all right, good. Feel good about yourself. You did the job. We're going to call on you again probably in this series at some point, but know that you could go out there and do it. Instead, he got a little greedy. He saw the bottom of the order coming up, and he said, all right, let me see if I could steal another three outs with this guy. But you know what happened. He couldn't do it. Right, that's what. That's the only mistake that I, I thought that Boone did for that day. I mean, for that night. I mean, he should not really done that, but that's the only mistake I've seen that throughout that whole game, except for the the Yankees offense that was unexistent. I mean, you cannot win a series with 17 strikeouts. There's no way you can do that. Oh, forget about winning a series. How about winning a game, Neil? Right with 17. And, and, and thank you for the phone call. But you're right. You know, I'm sure you've heard this already before. Yankees fanned 17 times last night. Houston strikes out twice. That's the largest disparity of strikeouts in a game in postseason history between two teams. I mean, 17 times. I mean, 17 strikeouts. I mean, it's it wasn't even like Verlander went out there and pitched like a complete game and he was just completely unhittable. He went six innings. So that bullpen comes in, and they just continue to mow them down left and right. And I'll say this, and maybe this is you know a little too strong. I don't care. This is just what I thought. Some of the bats, they were non-competitive at bats. Non-competitive. Donaldson, Carpenter. 
I mean, this is game one of the league championship series. You got guys up there basically like they just stepped into the batting cage after like not picking up a bat for 20 years. So getting back to the deployment of the bullpen and whether you use the arms that maybe you should have, where you may be holding back on a few cases. Here was Boone after the game asked about that. It's going to take more than just a few to, to get through all of this. So, um, you know, and tonight we knew we had our guys shorter um, and we're going to have to get to the back end to, to, to set them up. Okay, great. But what if you're not in that situation? Right? What happens if the bats aren't going again tonight because you got a very good pitcher going in Valdez who's tough to handle? What happens if you can't get anything going offensively and Severino just doesn't have it and pulls an Aaron Savali, let's say? And before you can look, you're already down two, three runs. And then maybe you're having a hard time digging out of that deficit. Then what do you call upon? The Yankees have a quick strike offense? They got a quick strike offense against inferior pitching and inferior teams, but you're not getting that tonight. And historically, it's in a ballpark where they don't have a track record of success. And I think that does play into it here. So if you're talking about seizing an opportunity, trying to take advantage of a a, a winnable game, right, a game within striking distance, why not? Why not empty the tank? Because you know what? If the Yankees stole that game last night, so hey, it was a 1-1 game in the sixth inning. If he goes to his main relievers and keeps the Astros down at one, Rizzo hits a home run later in that game, then the Yankees got two. What if it's a 2-1 game and they win it? Then we're having a completely different conversation right now. Completely different conversation. Coming up, by the way, on November the 18th, the Michael K. Show was celebrating 20 years on ESPN New York with a live broadcast and after party at the Palladium in Times Square. Leading up to the event, listen to DPHO and Rothenberg in the morning in the Michael K. Show in the afternoon for your chance to win $1,000 per show. For details on how you can win or to purchase tickets to the event, go to kshow20.com. Boone was also asked if this is the best Astros pitching staff that he has seen since he's been the manager. Uh, yeah, I mean they're 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 obviously really really dynamic and outstanding starting pitching, but but can shorten the game with the best of them. So you know we got to find a way to to break through against them. It's a challenge, but one we we look forward to. Mike and Islip up next here on ninety eight seventy ESPN. Michael, how are you? Good. How are you, Dan? Quick, quick point. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely right. This, you can't win a game with this with this strikeout total. But you watched the game last night. I watched the game last night. Verlander was very smart. He saw that this umpire was calling those strikes that were above the strike zone, below the strike zone, to the to the outside of the plate, and he leveraged that. We didn't do that. Tyone didn't do that. He kept throwing the ball over the plate or trying to throw it over the plate, and when he missed, he missed by a long margin. But Verlander was pinpoint control just outside the hittable zone. So there was even if the Yankees were swinging at those pitches, there's no way they could have hit them. And uh, and I I don't know if if you noticed that or or how anybody no. could have missed what was happening there. That umpire was was really very pitcher generous. It was bad, it, Mike. It was bad, and I'll tell you what, it was even awful out in San Diego in the afternoon game too with the Phillies and the Padres. I mean, there were a couple last night break, or I mean, in that game before the Yankees even got started, like breaking balls that were down at guys' ankles, and he was punching them out. I'm like, how is that a strike? You know, it is very shoddy right now. But that wasn't the difference in the game last night. 
Because even the strikes the Yankee hitters couldn't even hit. So that didn't really matter, in my opinion. And you know what? I, I, I can't kill Tyone, Mike. I really can't because the guy's first ever postseason start, he kept you in the baseball game. I know he didn't give you the length maybe that you wanted, but he kept you in the game. It's not like he sat there and gave up three, four runs, then it was game, set, match. I loved what he did last night. I, I know he wasn't as accurate as what Verlander was doing, but we're talking about a future Hall of Famer. Um, I thought Tyone did a great job last night. Very happy with what he put the performance he put up last night. And you might need him again, right? You might need him again. And Mike, thanks for the phone call. So that would be what? One, two, three, you get five? You know, if he's got to pitch game five, that'll be in the Bronx. Maybe he fares a little bit better. Look, you hope. You hope that you're going to see him again because that means that we still got a series beyond that point. This Astros team is better than the Yankees. Case closed. They're better than the Yankees. So if the Yankees want to win, and look, and it's not that they're unbeatable, but they're a better team. The Yankees are going to have to clean up some of these mistakes. The Yankees can't go in this series and play their, you know, C plus, B minus game and expect to walk out of this thing and go to the World Series. They can't. Because the Astros have more answers and more options than they do. And especially if they're going to play this analytics game. And I understand that the Astros are analytically driven as well. I get it. But if they're going to also rely on the computers to make some of these decisions, which are just stupid. No other way to say it. It's stupid. You know, Frankie Montas hasn't pitched in two months. Let's get him into the game one of the LCS where it's still in reach. Matt Carpenter hasn't gotten a hit in over a month. You know, he's been working his way back from injury. Yeah, let's throw him back and we're going to bat him, what, right in the middle of the batting order. Give him four bats. Game one DH against a future Hall of Famer and Justin Verlander. Yeah, we like the matchup. Even though he's out there on one foot, but besides the point. So the hopes, the dreams, the wishes, the confidence of Yankee Nation rests on the shoulders of Luis Severino. I mean, let, let's answer this question first. Yankees lose this game tonight. They go down 2-0. You think they have a realistic shot to win this series still? Do they? Again, all you got to do is win one in Houston. All you got to do is win one. But you're also then banking on the fact that you're going to win every single game you play in the Bronx, which I can't make that assertion. Can't. And oh, by the way, if you do allow yourself to look ahead a little bit to the weekend for when the Yankees are back home, if, and I say if, this series does make it all the way to Sunday, rain is in the forecast. So the Yankees have been like the rainout team so far in the playoffs. You know what? What's another one? New series, new rainout. Maybe you get postponed on Sunday. That gives your, uh, your your players, your injured bodies, your pitchers, even another day of rest if you need it. But the Yankees took care of that last night. Resting guys. Making sure they wouldn't get their A-listers out there to a certain extent. At least when it came to that bullpen. Right? But now it's on Severino. And he's got the stuff. I actually think he could go out there and pitch a good game tonight. I'm actually expecting him to. How about that? But the question is, you're going to be able to attack the other guy because he's pretty good too. And Fran Valdez, he's really good. How about Severino on facing Houston in that hostile environment? 
I mean, everywhere we go, we're not like, it's not here, it's everywhere. So it's, it's going to be the same, you know, if we go to Boston every year, it's the same. We go to, you know, the only place that they really like us a little bit is in Tampa because they don't have a lot of fans there. But <laughs> I mean, it's like that everywhere we go. So we, I think we're used to it and we embrace that. Uh, if they don't like us because, you know, they think, you know, we're good and we can win. I appreciate the Severino dig at the Tampa Bay Rays fan base. All 17 of them. You know, Dick Vitale and then the 15 other people that go to the games. But he's not wrong. And plus, the Yankees have a base down in Tampa. You know, that's where their complex is. You know, they, they have a foundation. But that's not going to help you tonight. Because those fans are rowdy. Those fans don't like the Yankees. And those fans can smell blood in the water, probably. But that's not going to matter if he goes out there and steps on that mound and just completely is in control 60 feet, 6 inches away. And if you're a Yankee fan, that's what you hope for. Let's say hi to Harvey in Florida. Up next, here on 98.7 ESPN. Harvey, what's up? Hey, Dan, how are you? Good, Harvey, what's up? Okay, here's... uh, I believe the Yankees will lose this series. I I think they lost this series in the offseason, Dan. All they had to do was make one move. Sign Carlos Correa, put him at shortstop, leave Gio Urshela at third. Uh, Donaldson, $25 million a year. You could use that money to go towards Correa. Donaldson is 36 years old. I said this before the season started. I'm not second-guessing myself at all. Um, he's been in decline. He's been getting injured. He's 36. I expected him to be lousy, and he is lousy. Urshela hit 285 with 13 home runs. He's a great fielding third baseman. You'd have a, a, an all-pro shortstop in Korea, and I know they have prospects in the minors, but then prospects are prospects. Right. They're maybes. And, you, and if need be, you can trade one or two of those young kids for better pitching or, or other positions. But just think, you want to win this year. This team, the window is getting very narrow on this team, and Judge might be leaving. Who knows? If they had Korea at shortstop, and our Scheller at third base, don't you think they'd have a much, much better chance to win this series? Well, I, I mean, you're, Harvey, the question you're asking is, is Carlos Correa a better shortstop than Isaiah kind of falefa The answer is, of course, a thousand percent he would be. But And I thank you for the phone call. But what's today? October the 20th. Somebody's birthday tomorrow. So if we're going to sit here today and lament the sins of seven months ago, Right? What good is that going to do us? Sun is out. I mean, it took me... I, I was outside long enough this morning. It took me long enough to get here. I saw the weather. The weather was great. It wasn't raining. Save the Carlos Correa stuff for a rainy day, and then you could bottle those tears when you think about what went wrong. But right now, that's not going to help you. You wanted Carlos Correa... Look, Carlos Correa said it best. I know we don't have the sound here, but this was like... I don't know towards the end of the regular season with Minnesota this year. And he basically was addressing, because he opted out. He's going to opt out. He's going to be a free agent. So you know what? If you want Carlos Correa bad enough, go pay him again this winter. Yankees didn't want to pay him last winter. Apparently, there weren't a lot of other teams that wanted to give him the money that he was looking for. And that's why he signed a contract with the Minnesota Twins for a nice AAV, but it included an opt-out after one year. So now he had a good season, and he's going to re-enter the market, and hopefully for him, he cashes in. Yankees could be that team. But the Yankees don't spend a lot of money anymore. That's what I thought. 
I mean, you got to listen to the fans remind you every two seconds. I mean, this ain't the same old Yankees. And should I go there, guys? What do you think? Should I go there? Should I go there? What do you think? I know we don't like to, but do you think I should just throw it out there? If George was alive, if George were still around, that's not right, Anthony? You don't think we should go there? You don't think? Too soon? Well, he ain't. He ain't. So, if, if we haven't figured out yet that the Yankees don't operate the same way that they did under George Steinbrenner and baseball hasn't changed since George Steinbrenner did what he did in the 90s, then what are we doing? See, like, I understand, like, you know, Harvey calls up and, he was, and, and like, the other Yankee fans and they want this guy and that guy. I mean, that's all well and good. And I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that they shouldn't have got those guys. Any team would like to have Carlos Correa as their shortstop. They would love to. You know, I would love to have, and everybody would like to have, you know, a, a nice flashy car and whatnot, but you know what? Those things cost money. Real money. Like, not Monopoly money. Not IOUs. Like, real, actual money. You have to have it. And you got to spend. Carlos Correa's, they don't fall off trees. If you want to go the cheap route, you know what you do? You call up the minute. How about this? Minnesota made that trade, which allowed them to then get Carlos Correa. That's the irony. Freed up the Josh Donaldson money. They said, oh, by the way, now we're going to go give this to Carlos Correa. Take another stab next year. You mean we're not getting ready to build a, a, a monument for IKF out there beyond the outfield wall? No monument park for Isaiah Kiner Falefa? It's not happening? I'm just shocked that the season was over in the offseason. Why did we even play the 162? Did anybody say that in June? But here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. June was such a long time ago, seriously, that when the Yankees jumped out of the gates as well as they did those first two, two and a half months or whatever it is, okay, I think that maybe the expectations got readjusted a little bit. But then if you saw the way that they finished... And the baseball that they played pretty much from the beginning of July to the end of the season, I think the expectations then get recalibrated. And maybe this isn't the juggernaut that everybody thought they were going to be. But that team in Houston was still always lurking. And you knew that you were on an eventual collision course with this team if you wanted to get to a World Series. And here they are. Okay, so now whatever the hell happened in the regular season, that doesn't even matter anymore. Because you got your shot at the Astros. And whether you won 101 games or whether you won 120 games, you still were going to have to go through this team to reach your ultimate goal. They're right there for the taking. Beat them. Beat them. Right? Beat them. And I know you're not whole. I get it. You don't have DJ. You don't have Benintendi. You know, Benintendi, a guy you traded for that you thought would at least provide a little bit of balance to this lineup. He's a guy who goes up there and he works the count. He's not going to strike out as much. He's a good contact. Things like that. You don't have him now. You know, you don't have DJ. Same thing. It happens. Injuries are a part of baseball. You know, the Astros didn't have one of their starting pitchers, Lance McCullers, for like most of the season. Didn't stop them. Didn't stop them. Didn't stop them. 